0: Coffee with Ken. I'm your host, Ken Balzley. We're at Forza Coffee Company out on Marvin Road. Uh, by uh, the corner of Marvin Road and Martin Way, right next to Les Schwab. That's where Forza Coffee is located. We appreciate them and, and their free coffee and the opportunity to use their facility. And it's a holiday season. And I have my guest today is Bruce Sanders, who's a minister at the... Capital County.
1: Vision Christian Church.
0: Capital Vision Christian Church. And every year about this time, I try to have a somebody from the religious community on to talk about christmas particularly uh because that's what we're celebrating from a religious aspect and what it means to to the church and then talk about the secularization of it and what that means so bruce where do you want to start hey
1: i'm open where do you want to start i'm, I'm good talk i want about people to know who you are so tell me who you are okay um <clears throat> i've been in ministry quite some time i've been here in olympia for 25 years Planted the church, started the church that uh, I lead now uh, 25 years ago. And we started in a Olympia Center. I went to uh, Olymp- uh, Seventh day Adventist Church for a while, m- met in their facility. We were at the Olympia High School for a bunch of years after the so earthquake. You have your own building now? And we just moved into our building. Well, we moved in 11 years ago, just purchased it, finalized the purchase oh, today. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so, what kind of a church are you? We are at a non denominational, independent Christian church. We um, try to well we're non denominational oh, you yes. know so the there's usually three things that make a church a denomination a, a denomination a, a denominational church usually a separate name presbyterian baptist you know those right. kind of names we don't have any of those usually a separate hierarchy somebody in the Midwest or someplace that tells so nobody the church,
0: has, Nobody tells you what to do. Nobody tells us what it to do. It's congregation.
1: Right. We're more based <laughs> like it is in the New Testament where each church was autonomous and they were interrelated and they were connected to other churches, but they weren't governed by outside uh, forces. The third thing is there's usually somebody that, um, as far as uh, the, or- the organization it- itself and the separate name, um, there was also... Um, Uh, outside influence on the church, and we don't have, we don't have that. So we're non denominational, we're independent, and we're just Christian. We just govern ourselves, and our goal, uh, Ken, has always been to be as close to the New Testament Scripture Church as possible. Uh, there were no perfect churches then, and there's no perfect churches now, but it seems like there were some good patterns for how to have and how to conduct church. So we try to restore a New Testament church in today's world, in today's culture, in today's environment, bring all of the uh, benefits of those churches forward. And we're not trying to um, reform the Catholic Church. Um, we're just trying to restore the the New Testament church. So we're not really in the Reformation movement. We're in the Restoration How about movement.
0: Your, uh, so what's your purpose?
1: So our purpose is to uh, glorify God, to bring people to a, a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not very religious, Ken. Some people, like on my rotary button it says religion Protestant, and I always joke about that because my classification talk was mostly that I'm not religious and I'm not a Protestant. But that's the label <laughs> they had to give me, you know, because trying to fit categories, you know. What
0: do you mean you're not religious? Now I, I would think that all you need to do to be religious is to believe in the
1: supreme being. Well, it, and that's probably a little bit of difference uh, differentiation on how people utilize the word well, religious. Okay, most people, out,
0: because I don't understand
1: f- for the way I'm using it, and most people, I think talk about religion and ritualism um so when you are religious you do something regular so for instance i'm religious about brushing my teeth after every meal or you know every night so i'm religious about those kinds so of things
0: certain things that you always do correct correct and so you don't have a, a when, when people come to your church each week it's always something different
1: uh, a lot of times we, we try not to have just rituals that people go through. You bow here, you dance here, you you know, we we don't uh, often do, you, do, do that you do with baptismals? More, we do baptisms. Well then that's yeah. ritual. In some ways it is. In fact, there's two of them, Ken. One is baptism, and one is we partake of the Lord's Supper. We partake of communion yeah, so you do uh, on a weekly basis. And communion. Correct. So those, so those are rituals. Those, those are. In, some, in terms of uh, rituals, we, but we do them differently. Some weeks um, we'll have tables around the outside, and people will go to those tables to partake of communion. Some weeks people will partake of them individually. Sometimes people will do it as a family. So so it's there's a lot of variety. It's very uh, non uh, ritualistic in its approach because people tend to tune off the brain when they're doing routines and rituals and we well, are sure. encouraging we're actually far more focused on relationships and the relationship with God is the key thing if you're having a relationship with your wife you know you don't consider that ritualistic or religious you're involved in an in an organic sometimes and ongoing re- sometimes it relationship becomes routine though. sometimes it becomes routine but usually routine is what we resist we usually get bored with routine and we shy away from and also that. routine helps us get through life oh in some ways you're correct you're correct um And so we do the same. We do some of the same things, but we do them in a variety of different ways. And so it's always focused on the relationship, not the religion. If you catch what I mean. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's so if you use the marriage analogy or even a parent-child
0: analogy. Okay. Let me just ask a question. So Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, and the only way to get to heaven is through belief in Jesus Christ. I mean, that's still one of your aspects, right? That is correct. Well, then you're religious.
1: Religious. (laughs) You're religious. That would be my definition of religion. That is a lot of people's definition of religion. So sometimes I I just use that to help them focus on relationship because Jesus didn't say do a bunch of ritualistic deals and you'll get to heaven. He said enter into a relationship with me. Now, you can call that religion, but I call it relationship because if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not going to want to be where he's prepared for all of us to go. And so... Obviously, you're not going to want to go to heaven, you know. But because of your relationship with Christ and your fostering of that relationship, then you know you get excited about heaven. You get excited about what He's prepared. In fact, that He's the one who said, "I go to prepare a place for you, and I want you with me forever." So, so let's let's talk about yeah. Christmas now. Yeah. So how yeah.
0: significant is Christmas uh, to you, to your church and to your to your parishioners? Sure. Where, where sure. Come.
1: Oh, it's a, it's a high point. Uh, Ken, there's a lot that, um, a lot that happens during the Christmas season that is really special. Uh, partly because it's the time of year where, um, the whole community and the whole even non-Christian community take a pause in this winter break and in a lot of ways, um, want to, want to figure out what's the meaning behind (laughs) this. What's the celebration all about?
0: You tell me what the celebration is all about.
1: Well, so the most important aspect is the incarnation of God, where God said, I am going to come to earth as a man. I'm going to be born like men are born. So you, like bel- you believe born. in
0: the, the, the Holy Spirit and, and God and, and Jesus are all the, the, the Trinity then? That's
1: correct. Okay. That's correct. Um, and as God became a man in the form of Christ, um, that's a great time to celebrate because it, it's not the end of his life, but it was the beginning. And so because of Jesus becoming a man, we have a, a a high priest, we have uh the one we identify with, we have a Lord who isn't just ethereal and up in the sky somewhere who can't identify with us, but one who went through every pain like we do, every temptation like we do, who wept just like we do, who grieved over friends that passed do think, away. Do you think he's et come etc.
0: Do you think he's come down in human form before?
1: Uh, the scriptures don't ever indicate that that God ever came down in human form before.
0: Some people believe that.
1: Some people might believe that. The well, Mormon yeah. Church
0: believes it, for one.
1: It could be, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he came down. Yeah. So, so we're celebrating Christmas because that's not only the the birth of Christ, but also the birth of of the Lord coming down.
1: Correct, correct. That it's, we call it the incarnation. It's okay. the uh, in flesh moment where um, God stepped into human history. And the most important aspect to that, you can't disconnect Christmas from Easter, the time where Jesus, 30 years, 33 and a half years after he came to this earth, he um, hung on a cross and died for our sins. Well, there are some churches that, the
0: that Easter is the most significant uh, of the holiday, of the religious holidays, so is Easter.
1: Oh, I think I think uh, Easter <laughs> it defines Christmas. Christmas would not be Christmas if Easter had not happened. <laughs> so, so, so Christmas is,
0: is is secondary to to Easter.
1: Oh yes, oh yes. But uh, and yet it never would have happened. They 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 are twins. They but they never would have happened without the other
0: because because the holiday has been taken over by secularists, you know, by people who aren't necessarily Christian. That's made the, the Christmas holiday more significant and more important in the world. As opposed oh, to Easter,
1: yeah, economically and market, uh, place-wise, maybe socially, it has. Um, and you get become people more part
0: come to t- church that don't normally come to church at Christmas time.
1: Both Christmas and Easter. In fact, we call them Christian Easter, you know, attenders, <laughs> C-E, CE attenders, and that's sometimes the only time they come, and th- we're fine with that. Um, if they want to worship just uh, those those times of year, but we try to attract them. In fact, that's our that's our goal because more people are open to an invitation. To attend worship, to focus on God, to seek God at Christmas and Easter time than any other time on the calendar.
0: So, tell me, what is your favorite part of the Christmas story?
1: Uh, probably the most that my favorite part of the Christmas story involves God's use of and and um, choice of who He selected. And why he selected them? So okay. he chose uh, the the poorest of the poor. He chose, for instance, the first people to pl- publish the news to uh, shepherds out in the field. You know, to well, me, that's exciting. Let's, let's because back let's
0: back up a yeah. second. What about what about Mary and Joseph? And Mary and Joseph as well. I mean, I mean, yeah. Joseph wasn't really poor.
1: We don't have a lot of economic indicators for for Joseph, but he was he was considered a chief carpenter. They didn't just use wood back then. They used right. um, masonry and stuff like that as well. But he was a chief carpenter, so he probably in the trade world was fairly well employed. And, and he had, was in
0: the lineage of David. I, and my he had mind.
1: David's lineage behind him. So, so there might have a, been some so economic benefit like to Kind of like the
0: Rockefeller 20, 20 generations. Maybe so. Maybe like so. That.
1: We don't know that, but at the same time, we, um, we, we do get indications that he wasn't uh, an extremely wealthy uh, Pharisee or one of those. And what does
0: the Bible say about Mary? She because was why a young maiden. Why, 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 why was she selected?
1: Well, the uh, the Scriptures point out that her her selection wasn't just because of her pretty, but purity, but because she would accept this this gift that God wanted to give through that. She said
0: but she had faith in faith in God. She, she had faith in God. God she trusted with the, the right. Lord,
1: and she basically just submitted and said, "Be it unto me according to the to your word," and and said. I'll do this for you and and God chose her for that reason more than any economic reason or or that, but it is it is key that she was a young maiden, probably in her late teens, and I've mean, th- early teens we could have even been early <laughs> yeah. teens. we don't know the word maiden" kind of goes from thirteen to eighteen is kind of that that phrase, and most people were married in that sixteen seventeen eighteen yep. year old uh time frame in the uh, Joseph been before, at that time. Though, We do not know that we have no clue on that. <laughs> yeah that i that i'm aware of but that's uh but because they chose mary and joseph because he chose um the shepherds right. to me it gives you this idea that he says to them the angels say this is good news of great joy that will be for all the people and you get this idea he didn't come for the elite he didn't come for the religious can. That's why I, I get so yeah, away yeah. from the religious. Right. The religious people of his day were actually the ones that butted heads the most with the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not favor the religious, just the opposite. He, he challenged the, the religious, he said, he said his harshest words to the religious community, and he instead called those who were focused on relationship. He said, "Come and follow me." Oh my
0: God, and we subject, do the same subject yeah.
1: just to because
0: I do want to talk about the Christmas story. But you say you follow the New Testament. Where does the Old Testament
1: come in into your? your... Well, the Old Testament is obviously the background for the New Testament. You wouldn't have a New Testament if Without there wasn't an Old an Testament. An Old Testament. Right. It is the Picture the new of God's revelation from creation to the point of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a 400-year period of silence between the last book in the Old Testament and the first book of the New Testament, right. Malachi and, and Matthew. But for hundreds and thousands of years, God revealed himself through history through the history of the uh, Israeli people, through his uh, revelation in creation and through the prophets, he revealed himself. And then for whatever reason, he paused. He stopped. And that's where this 400 year gap is that theologians call the 400 silent years. And from Malachi, the prophet Malachi, until the coming of the angel to Mary and Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, and her husband, uh, Zachariah. Until that point, for whatever reason, we have no record of God's revelation. That doesn't mean God wasn't revealing himself in dozens and hundreds of ways, but we have no record of it through the Bible. He could, he could so, be working
0: on another planet somewhere.
1: He could be. He could be. <laughs> exactly. But from that point, there was, a, there was really a, an emphasis, it seems, because of that pregnant pause for 400 years, that God was going to do something. In fact, he, he describes it in Hebrews. He says, in former times... God worked in lots of different ways, but it says in Hebrews, but in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son. And it's, that's the emphasis that all of that preparation of the Old Testament was pointing to the Savior. That's why you have 600 prophecies that were fulfilled in the birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So you go, that, it, many, many people who study uh, prophecy, they come to believe mainly because of these 600 prophecies given hundreds and thousands of years before the time of Christ that were answered at the time of Christ. Even today, we've got Chicago journalist um, um, Lee Strobel saying, I'm going to prove this wrong. And as he gets into it, he discovers all of this, and he can't help himself, but he not only becomes a, uh, a believer, he becomes a pastor and a leader. <laughs> so, and, you, uh, so you said your favorite part of yeah. the Christmas
0: story was the fact that the angels— Reveal themselves to shepherds in the field. Exactly
1: because of that phrase, I bring great joy, peace to all the world. But it's it says to all people, and I love that part, Ken, because there is no one that needs to be excluded. No one has been too bad, and no one's who's trying to be so good is out of his 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 escape, out of his uh, scope of recognition. He wants all people. In fact, if you parentheses. It, you've really got the shepherds on one end that are the lowest level of society. They couldn't even associate with most of the society because they were so uh, much of an outcast. They had to come into town at times when others weren't because they were so low. But then you get on the other side, you get three kings, three royal figures that are bringing to him gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so you've got the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor, as if God was wanting to illustrate for all mankind, no one is outside the the, the, um, viewpoint of being able to be in a relationship with him. He loves us all.
0: So in in that Christmas story, you've got the trip to, to Bethlehem for the census, You've got there's no room in the end, so they had to stay in the stable or wherever it was. Mm-hmm. You've got the, uh, the shepherds being re- revealed with the, the, the birth of, of the Lord. You've got the kings coming, and you've got the star in the sky leading them the way. So, what time frame is that? I mean does the Bible give us a time frame between the time the shepherds got there and the wise men got there?
1: Uh there are a few indications. Uh can in fact we usually think of everything happening in mm-hmm. a in a real short time frame that the same night the the strong indication is the wise men did not come on the night of jesus's birth but sometime later and part of that is if you re- remember his their interaction with herod right he ended up saying i'm going to slaughter all the male babies two years old and younger so
0: so it could have been two years difference so there
1: could have been up to a two-year period he's probably so giving did, himself a so buffer did Mary
0: and Joseph stay in
1: bethlehem for two years it sounds like they stayed there quite some time and then because of this slaughter of the innocents, they right. called it, uh, which you can look up historically oh, yeah, yeah. and it, and it's verified because of the slaughter of the innocents, they actually were told by an angel to flee to Egypt and they did. And it's, and that again answered two different prophecies that said, my son will come out of Egypt, you know, and, uh, it, 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 he points to that by, by, um, uh, the why, answer why, to that why, prophecy. Why, why was it important
0: for the, the, the people writing the Bible to demonstrate that he' of the Jewish line, down and came out of egypt and was this, but from the house today why was that important
1: well i think it shows god's overall scope that from the very very beginning ken he's had in mind redeeming a people for a relationship with him and so he's used the jewish people he's used history he's used prophets to bring us including myself to a faith relationship with him and so that's why it's so important, you know, from the day day one, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, the garden story, he describes a day that's going to happen when um, they will be they will be uh, redeemed and they'll be uh, cared for. Just like God ended up slaughtering uh, an animal for them to be clothed, it, it, it's, a, it's a foretelling of what's going to happen. There's going to be uh, a, a cost and a sacrifice for their covering. And then from that point forward, you kept getting glimpses of uh, a sacrifice that was going to be a once and for all sacrifice, no longer having to Uh, kill bulls and goats and sheep and lambs because the son was sacrificed because there was one perfect sacrifice they'd been looking forward to it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and as jesus came remember uh, john the baptist his cousin looked up in the jordan river as jesus was coming to get baptized and he said behold the lamb of god who's going to take away the sins of the world. So that's why it's so important, Ken. All of that Jewish history, all of that Jewish um, background shows the the one culmination that's going to happen at the point of Christ where he is the once-for-all sacrifice. Now there's no longer any need for, for animal sacrifices because the Son of God, the perfect, sinless, blemishless Lamb of God gave his life on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so we could have salvation. So we could have a relationship with that Now let's talk God. about
0: secularization of Christmas now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does that cause you concern uh, as a as a minister? As a philosophy,
1: of, I tend to I- embrace the culture whenever and wherever possible, but resist the culture whenever it's counter to biblical principles. Okay. So I, I hold biblical principles well, there's not much in the
0: secularization of Christmas that is in opposition to...
1: Well, so so I mean, there are got, some you know, things got... in 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 the secularization of Christian. It can be greed, or you know things that are okay, totally counter. Okay, right. uh, and you hear, I mean, that's really the stories of the Grinch and and uh, um, Scrooge and those kind of things have to do with but they all get re- the they all difference get redeemed between the end. Well, and that's the point. That's the point. They actually shift to a biblical. A value because they've been following a worldly value and it shows how that lets them down. And I think all of us can if we follow a worldly value of what am I going to get for Christmas? What's in it for me? As opposed to this is a time of giving. Right, what's so, so, what,
0: so, what's your favorite secular story?
1: Is it the Grinch? Is
0: it Scrooge? Is well, it, my,
1: my, my family calls me Scrooge, but that's because I'm cheap. <laughs> well, you're also a ministry, you don't make a lot of money. But... Well, that's true, too. Uh, Oh, I love them all. I mean, you know, Miracle on 34th Street, and and, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, as cheesy as that is, and um, Home Alone, and there's not one that I don't like, I don't think.
0: So Santa Claus, Um, and Rudolph, and North Pole, and all those kind of things. You like all that stuff.
1: Well, yeah, and and some people will really get... um, irritated by, you know, figures like Rudolph or figures like Santa Claus, I tend to try to incorporate them. Uh, in fact, one of our best uh, things on our well, Christmas Santa Eve Santa service... had Santa hat on today. I had my Santa hat on for the picture because I just came from the bank and was playing for a couple of hours the figure of, of Santa. And so one of my favorite things to do is even on our Christmas Eve services where we're worshiping God is to have the Santa figure... Uh, enter and actually speak to the kids about the real meaning of That's Christmas. That's a perfect
0: way to get to the kids. It's a perfect they, way to get they, to the kids. Santa. And,
1: and then to tie it in and to have Santa say, worshiping the gift from God. Is more important than the gifts you're going to get. That's see, you're using a, 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 a secular cultural icon that to actually can preach the gospel. Can exactly. to more than it can so that's my philosophy, yeah. and it's a little bit syncretistic. It, it brings in culture and um, you know spiritual life so at the you're same saying, time. You're quite as religious as other as other religions. Well, no. So, so you know, in some ways, in some ways. So so yeah, that's a taboo that some would would avoid. Sure. But instead, when you bring it in to preach the gospel, the focus is all. Always for me on relationship. Several. Yeah. Several. Yeah. Several. Yeah. yeah, in fact, we just had a skit, uh, Christmas uh, play that the kids and the children presented called "Christmas in Kid City," and they were uh, they were they were actually talking about the prophecies that led to Christ. It was called Zack and the Prophets, like it was a musical group, you know. and And so we had a backdrop of a city with Christmas trees and lights, uh, l- s- lamp posts, and all of that. So, well, my, my and that's still up, and it's, well, it's going to be there on Christmas night. You know, on hook Christmas. the kids Eve. when you can,
0: I guess. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we really want to touch families and, and reach, uh, children and youth, Ken, because that's where the future, the future is. And, and kids and children are the most receptive in our culture. They are reaching out. They're looking for answers. Our culture has told them you are only mere biological accidents. You are just highly evolved amoebas. Our culture has told them these facts that they know instinctively aren't true. They, They just sense there's something wrong with this and they're reaching out. Our teens, you probably know this, we've got the highest suicide rate on the planet in our teens and young adults because we've not given them hope. We've not given them meaning and purpose in their life. So as a Church, that is our passion. That's our desire. We're not doing great at it yet. We're barely scratching the surface, but God's called us to, to reach the next generation. Do you,
0: in my mind, the carols, the mm-hmm. Christmas songs, are, are a significant part of
1: Christmas. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, probably Joy to the World. You know, it's just a real simple one. I, I was just out last night with one of our home groups. Um, in Tumwater, on the hill up in Tumwater, going house-to-house house, uh, caroling and singing Christmas carols with a bunch of little kids. And um, the kids would take a little present up to the house to give to the homeowners that came to the door as we sang. But, so we sang. Four pa- you know, There was four different pages of text and words. And I liked to, I, I'm, I'm a music lover. So there's not one that I don't like, well, but the, the, probably Joy to the World is you my the favorite. was secular ones too, though. Yeah, yeah, and like we'd always finish. Know, I'm asking that. Yeah, we'd always finish with, uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We, you know, which has no spiritual impact at all. It's just wishing them a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, you know. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas. So we always end with a secular bring one.
0: Bringing some hasty pudding and bring it right Yeah, yeah, we get
1: get versions, that? yeah. If you do the other versions. If you do the other verses. <laughs> we, won't leave it, until we, get <laughs> we won't leave until we get some, a little bit uh, greedy or rude or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we leave that yeah. one off.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I always like to have a, a minister on every time right close to Christmas because there are some that are really upset with the secularization of Christmas. Uh, there are others that don't include it anywhere in their stuff, and then you seem like you embrace it all.
1: Well, and the um, is there anything the that you don't embrace about it? The encouraging part the for me is is it's such a wide open door for presenting the real meaning. Behind it. In other words, um, because people realize that the secularization is somewhat empty, you know if you just focused on presents and decorations, there's a, a, a limit to that. But, <clears throat> but when they realize and they begin to hear, there's a deeper spiritual meaning to all of this, and you begin to share that, people just seem wide open. To it, and and that's what I like about that and about the season. So yeah, there are lots of things about the, the secularization and commercialization of Christmas. When whenever we try to make a buck, whenever we try to just um, focus on our on our on our greedy finances um, instead of presenting the love and grace and mercy of God, we're, we're going to be the lesser for it. And our in our culture, you know, we have so focused. On the commercialization that today, well, I mean, just people even hardly get into the fall and they're presenting Christmas because it's the most marketable time of the year. Right? (laughs) You know, we most marketable marketable time time of the year. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so, people in in most uh, businesses, you've got to make forty to fifty percent of your annual income at Christmas time in order to survive. And so, they're starting earlier and earlier. And uh, yeah, Black Friday. Well, it, what it's detoured from is, even like in Thanksgiving, Black Friday, even people want to pause and give thanks to God. Instead, now, they are just um, bombarded with commercials and time. It's time to go buy. It's time to go buy. And, yeah, I see, I see that as a negative in our culture. Now, if the focus is, I love my kids and I want to give them something, I want to give my family, I want to – if the focus is What on, I can afford. Giving, but yeah, I mean, what I can afford. Uh, but it's, that's whole, it's a whole lot different than what we're trying to breed in our kids is gimme, 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 and then parents responding to that. That's To me, that just warps the relationship that's, uh, that's designed to be there. So, yeah. So what, on your Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. that you're going to have, I assume you're going to have a Christmas Eve Yeah, we're going to have service. two, one at 5 and one at 7. Mm-hmm. What, but will you do it in that? Well, we focused on uh, candlelight communion service for that. So we're actually going to have a number of things that go on. We'll have a cr- singing of some Christmas carols. We'll have uh, some videos that kind of show some uh, current events and kind of where we're at. The message that evening is the hope, the gift of hope that God has given us. And you can tell I'm passionate about hope. We all need uh, hope in our lives. If it's not with, if we don't have hope, we're going to quit living. We're going to, and that's why the suicide rate is what it is. People have given up on hope. So we'll be focusing on that. And at the end of our service, we're going to pass out the, the communion elements that Jesus instituted. When he passed out bread, he passed out fruit of the vine, uh, grape juice, or, or, or wine, and he asked everybody to do this in remembrance of his sacrifice that he made on the cross. And, and you hope so we lower the lights.
0: On Christmas Day, do you have services too? Or do you leave that for. Be with uh family
1: this year. Particularly, nor- normally we do not have a service on Christmas Day because this is a Sunday Christmas Day. Oh, that's right. It's, it's a Sunday. little different, and we will probably have a. We, we are going to have a trimmed down worship service at ten thirty. We normally have two worship services on Sunday morning, nine and ten thirty. We're just going to have a ten thirty time, the, and I'm not expecting nearly as many as the Christmas Eve sure. service. Does,
0: does the church as a congregation do you do something in the community that to give back to help widows and orphans and or I mean, do you, do you do as a church? Do you do something, or do you just help your own parishioners, or, or do you not do anything in that form?
1: Um, it's it's really a variety. In fact, as as I came in here, you saw me on the yeah. phone. Uh, the Union Gospel Mission was calling right. because we just filled another barrel. We keep filling this barrel for them, and they're just all excited because it, it, this is a great time to to give. And they were wanting to get into the building to pick it up, you know, and so. That's part of our, our outreach. We do have, in fact, we had 21 children, um, most of whom are some in some way connected to our congregation, but not not probably members' kids, but children that are friends of members' kids that were in special need this time of year and probably would not be able to get any presents for Christmas and stuff. So we have adopted those into our congregation, and we're going to have on Christmas Eve some passing out of those uh, 10 boys and 12 girls, I think it is, or 10 boys and 11 girls um, presents for that night and and just to kind of encourage them. And what we're really doing is giving it to the parents Who can then give it to the kids. We don't care if they say it's from us or from them. You know, we just want the the kids to be to be blessed. And so those are that's kind of a little bit of an in-house, but not really. It's kind of people that are connected to us and we know about them. We've kind of screened them, but um they are um people that we're reaching out to. Some of them are teenagers and it's really hard to buy presents for teenagers. So you know what we do, Ken? We get those uh, gift cards, gift cards. Yeah, <laughs> and they a, love the like, gift cards. That's it's, a teenager, like a gift card, <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't want a present, I don't want a toy. Give me a <laughs> gift card, you know, and let them buy their buy their own. So that's 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 kind of our plan and what we've done. We have had a big emphasis this year, Ken, on uh, orphans and particularly foster care. And and adoptive care. In fact, the churches of the area have banded together and said, "We want to solve the foster care crisis in Thurston County." There are uh, 163 homes needed in Thurston County on a nightly basis, and we're almost a hundred short of that on a regular basis. So, kids are staying in respite care and other things where they're not supposed to be housed for long periods of time. So. Uh, 12, maybe 15. I'm not exactly sure of how many, but I'm, we're one of them. Churches have banded together and said, we can solve that crisis. And so we had just the other night, uh, churches come together down at Harbor Church down along, uh, Plum Street. Used to be the Mars Hill, uh, church. And, um, we began training and encouraging, uh, foster and adoptive care, uh, parents. And I don't know the number, but we've made a huge dent in that 100 people, 100 family shortage well, for that. So that's that's kind of caring for orphans and widows, but it's an un- unconventional way because we're actually trying to present, provide homes for families. Well, rather like than,
0: that's in the Christmas spirit.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Perfect timing for that. <laughs>
0: my my, my yeah. guest has been Bruce Sanders with the Christian Vision Capital Vision. Capital Vision Christian Church. Christian Church. And where are you located in case somebody wants sure, to Sure, sure. We are in.
1: on the corner of Fur and U street right um, uh, four blocks over from Ralph's, the street nearest to town from Ralph's, where the light is, is Fir Street. Okay, and we're four blocks over into the northeast neighborhood. There, we have a the dog park, which people know us sometimes more by our dog park than they do by our uh, church family. We also have a big uh, one and a half acre community garden, and so people know us by that. So sometimes, if you say the church with the dog park, people <laughs> no. go, "Oh, I know, so, a dog so, park church." So if people want to drop <laughs> you know, in at Christmas Eve services. are sure welcome. They are surely. Welcome, 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock p.m. And then
0: I assume any other time during the year, too. Any other
1: time during the year, our two service times are 9 o'clock in the morning and 10 30 in the morning on Sunday mornings.
0: Bruce, thank you very much for coming in. I appreciate you coming oh, in Ken. and talking to me about it.
1: Thank you. It's been great. And I want to just say Merry Christmas.
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, too.
1: You bet.